I'm Mike. I'm Italian, but if you think that defines me, you can forget about it. And I'm Justin. And I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to have a relationship that'll just keep on going on and on for years and years. And we're going to keep on texting each other drunk every every six months and going, what are we doing with ourselves? Why am I doing this? Who is this person to me? I don't know you. And I did not come here to make friends. And this is Shit My, my girlfriend, girlfriend Makes Me Watch. And we return for an long overdue episode. Of shit my girlfriend makes me watch. My name is Mike Coscarelli. My name is Justin Perez. And we took a week off, folks. That's right. We took a week off. We had nothing for you last week. It's not that we had nothing for you. Here's what happened. Here's the truth of the matter, Justin. Yeah. So I came over to Justin's apartment here in lovely Brooklyn, New York yeah. last week. Yes. We were going to do an episode for you. Yes. Um, neither. Well, I had watched stuff. Justin hadn't watched anything but The Bachelor. That's the only thing that matters. It's literally the only show that Justin watches. So moving forward, if you hear us have any conversation, know that Justin is absolutely faking his way through the conversation. Yes. Um, But we came over. uh, Lex, before I was coming over here, um, Lex decided to poke at me and say, hey, what do you think the chances are that I could come with you? And we could convince them to play Settlers of Catan <laughs> after you guys record. Yeah. And I said, probably pretty good. So that's what we did. We came over. Uh, we had every intention of recording, but I could tell this minute I walked through the door that Justin wasn't really into it. I wasn't really into it. Lexus wanted to play uh, Settlers of Catan. And that's what happened instead of recording our podcast. <laughs> and I was victi- victorious. Victorious. Of Catan. That's right. What I did was I used a certain strategy, which I will never reveal to Michael because he will start doing the strategy. Mm. And uh, I did a certain strategy and I sort of had a capital run on clay and I did have a port. I did have a port. Uh, so it was a good time for me, all you settler fans out there. And people in relationships right now, if you're settling, good for you. I'm uh, reaching, baby. <laughs> uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. Obviously, we have to make up for the, the week that we missed. Yes. Um, uh, but first, Michael, what's going on with you? How's your life? Big news, fuckers. Yeah, El fuckerinos. coming out. Fuckericans. Yes. I'm making fun of Mark Marin. Uh, I don't think it worked. Um the Woodside Shithole, the place that I have lived for the past three years where we have been recording this podcast every other week. Yes, the Crack Den Without Crack. That's right. The Mouse House. The uh, Je ne sais quoi, but it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> the that worst place. apartment that I've ever lived in, hands down. Yes. Um, one of the worst apartments that probably exists in New York City. Um, Lex and I are leaving. Yes. Finally, this yes. month, we're actually moving to a place uh, still in Queens. We're moving to Astoria. It's going to be awesome. And we're building a little studio uh, in the quaint two-bedroom apartment that we are going to be renting from some giant Greek man. Um, and we're really looking forward to it. The funny thing about this whole situation, um, along the way to us getting this apartment. Obviously, you go through the whole credit check. You go through the system of giving them applications sure. and, and all the stuff that they need to sort of you know, validate the fact that you're going to pay them. Um, we uncovered something that we had 
we're pretty sure of the entire time, but the Woodside shithole is not a legal residency. Are you saying the mouse house that's never been repaired and is filled with black mold is not a legal residence? Illegal, Justin. Are you saying that five bedrooms spread over three floors with not a single door besides the front door separating them is an illegal residence? It's illegal, Justin. Wait a minute. <laughs> Are you saying that the place that is completely run by rodents and, and pesticide and they live in harmony together and the two shanks never meet and, you, and there's no landlord to actually call when there is problems. Sometimes the heat's on, sometimes it's not. Are you saying that? Is an illegal residence. It's an illegal residency, Justin. No. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Wow. Turns out, uh, went to get the credit sc- uh, score, and uh-huh. your credit check gives you, it's, you know, if you have any sort of like debt based off of like real estate or anything like yeah, that, yeah. It, it's supposed to tell you that. It's also supposed to track your residencies yes. wherever your social security number goes. No mention of the apartment that I've lived in in the last three years. It's mostly, I would assume, because a, a, a church. Um, is the Adventist Woodside Church in uh, Woodside, um, Seventh Day Adventists, uh, runs the the show. They, they own uh, the bu- they own the building. Yeah, they own they, the two story family house. Legally, can't rent anything for profit because they they're are a church, a non for profit, not for profit uh, organization. Which means legally that if they started renting something for profit, they would lose that tax exempt status. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming that we're just giving them cash. I mean, uh, check donations. Uh, as rent checks. Yeah, they cash it into a trust. Yes. And then that trust cashes that into cash and goes, oh my God, look, we just got a uh, $2,500 donation That's from right. the Mike Coscarelli That's right. and uh, Alexis Mexican and, account. And the other, whatever other bums live in that house yeah. that <laughs> sometimes pay rent, sometimes don't. I don't care. I don't live there anymore. That's another part of this scam that I didn't realize. Uh, some of your roommates... Uh, are just months behind in rent. Uh, yeah, they one deal in particular. Directly, they deal directly with the landlord, quote unquote, uh, and he's okay with it. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be hassling anybody for $3,000 worth of rent. He's not bringing you guys to court. He's not bringing... Court? <laughs> the whole jig here's, is up. <laughs> here's what we think, Justin. This is like a man shoplifting. So so here's what happened, right? So, so when we signed the lease... There, there was some uh, addendum that had to be made because we, we signed like a full, what looked like a legal lease, yeah, right? It, he's like, sign this. And he, yeah. And then he handed you a crayon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I signed it. I said, Mike. <laughs> the last name is not necessary. No, sir. we don't even need it. Yeah. Just write Mike. Please, in, in silver crayon, <laughs> continue to write your name. Yeah. So what happened was we wrote it uh, on the contract and mm-hmm. then um, he was like, okay, what I'm going to do I'm going to come I'm going to bring you back the contract. Uh I will make copies for all of you and bring it back. How many copies do you think we got, Justin? Well, if this is an illegal thing, I would say maybe 2, maybe 3. No, we got 0. You had 0 copies. He never brought back a copy of the lease. And <laughs> so what I'm thinking <laughs> happened was we signed some piece of paper. You walked he walked out to the corner and threw it in the garbage. No, no, he walked outside and then swallowed the piece of paper yeah. himself to have no record. You'll see this in 12 hours in I, my shit. I, I'm assuming it's just gone. They, they probably don't even have it in a drawer somewhere. No, it's nowhere. They, yeah, ooh, so we started figuring here. out. Pizza's here. Pizza's here. Producer, please get the pizza. Taz is our new producer, we have a new apparently. producer. We hired her. She's not getting paid, but she's a producer. 
Uh, that's very funny. Everything about that is very funny. To well, me. hey, we're happy to be getting the fuck out of there. Uh, the best part is you, you were telling me, you're like, hey, uh, so for the last month, we're just going to, you can just hold on to the deposit. And then we're just not going to pay the last month's rent. And usually landlords like, well, I'd prefer if you did. Or, you know, actually, when you sign the lease, it's $400 uh, more because yeah. the rent's gone up in the past three years. So you owe me $400 right. only. And you can keep the, this time. Tell me what the landlord said when he said this. I texted him. And now, granted, my landlord, not to be mean to somebody that's pretty much scammed the government out of <laughs> several years decades perhaps of back taxes sure but um uh, i said i sent him that text message in full and he sent a text back that said ah if that is the case this okay <laughs> that was it and then he said then he sent a text after that that said uh just let us know when you're leaving so we can get the keys <laughs> yes. didn't fight me didn't argue uh not that it was gonna matter to well, me when you're a man shoplifting you're not gonna point out other people shoplifting that's you know? absolutely right you're not gonna call the cops here's what i've figured out we literally have to just like our our only like um the person that we really have to like do any sort of business with uh-huh is the landlord like yes. we just have to like like the minute you start trying to like introduce like um you know a lawyer or somebody into this they freak so i once you start figuring that out that somebody that is illegally renting a, you have the power that you can do whatever you want and you can just set your own terms and just say like listen we won't blow the whistle and force you to lose this property because have how much Back taxes. This that is you like owe. going to a Chuck E. Cheese and realizing the manager is a registered sex offender, and you're like, "Listen, I'm getting free tickets here. I'm getting free coins, and if not, the jig is up, my friend." Yeah, I suppose it's sort of like that. <laughs> it's like that exact metaphor, which is very bizarre. Yeah. So we're pumped to get out of there, Justin. What's going on with you? I hear somebody is going to be a birthday boy, mm-hmm. and he's eating pizza. That's right. I'm turning 26. I'm very excited. March 10th. March 10th. Big birthday. I'm Big turning birthday. 36. My life hasn't turned out the way I wanted to. I'm eating pizza on a Thursday with Mike, surrounded by a dog. What's so wrong with that? Everything, Mike. In my life right now, I thought I'd be having better pizza. I thought Gene Getman would be my co-host in my future podcast. I mean, that's a roadmap to nowhere. <laughs> and here I am. Just uh, yeah, I'm turning 36 on uh, next Sunday, and uh, yeah, pretty exciting. I have a show March 9th. A the, show, you say? At Creek in the Cave, a uh, uh, open mic that's disguised as a restaurant. Yes, that's right. And uh, it should be pretty fun. It was a mix for those of the uh, listener that doesn't know what the Creek in the Cave is. The Creek is a venue that is uh, drenched in folklore uh, around New York City from, I don't know, I would say like 2011, maybe 2010 until 2007. Oh, no, 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donald Glover came out of there. Uh, Jermaine Fowler, who's... uh, uh, Star of Superior Donuts. CBS. Uh, Kevin Barnett, who was unfortunately passed. Rest in peace. Uh, Dead. All these dudes came out of there. Um, and then my generation of comedians started. Tried going to the Creek in the Cave. A couple people got sent to Just for Laughs. And then the whole fucking thing collapsed. Because <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're doing a show there, dude. Yeah. I'm doing a show there. 
the thing is, the premise of the show is... There's no way that chewing is going to bother anybody. Not at all. <laughs> this is a little ASMR section of the show. Oh, boy. Where I eat pizza on the mic. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> and so the premise of the show, I'm doing March 9th at midnight. You know, where all the good sh- shows are. Is that comedians read their tweets on stage oh, live. fuck. And... At this point in my comedy career, I haven't written a joke in a few months. Um, that is How the, many is a few? Uh, three years. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I still have Barack Obama's like, punchlines. You know what I mean? Like, I do, it's yeah. A little dated. I, my one Trump joke, I get nervous that he's almost out of, out of office. You're like, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, I, no. I have to come up with another Trump <laughs> joke. two and a half Because he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, Mike, you only have five more years to, yeah. <laughs> to get your Trump jokes out. <laughs> Son of a bitch is going to win. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only way I'm going to be funny is reading tweets on stage, which is what I do anyway at this point. So uh should be fun. You're prepared. I'm I'm prepared to uh get older. Uh I have nothing to say about my birthday at this point. Birthdays are like um Does third with at thirty six, does the, the crushing weight of existence really start to take its toll? You gotta keep that microphone away from the crust in your mouth, I swear to God. At this point in my life, the thing I'm giving up. I'm letting go of the crushing weight of death that's around the corner. Everything I haven't accomplished, everything I have accomplished, I'm just giving up. I'm just embracing it. Mm-hmm. At this point, if I could clog up my artery physically at like a Build-A-Bear workshop, yep. I would. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was hoping that you would have somewhat of a more artistic answer to that. <laughs> As somebody who was an artist for so long, I mean, I know that you've quit, but you were an artist for so long as mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian. And there is one night of the year where artists are honored. Artists in the through the Academy of Motion Pictures, they're honored. That night is the Oscars. Yes, that happened on Sunday. Finally, and a boy, place oh boy. for stars to shine. <laughs> one night of the year where Hollywood is important. So this is the first time that we've uh, had the opportunity to talk about um, really an award show. We, I think we we. We're going to talk about the Grammys one of the weeks and didn't really get to it, but it, we didn't really like miss anything by not talking about it. So the Oscars is the first one that we're going to kind of like recap. But generally, what do you think about the Oscars like on the whole? And I don't just mean like the fact that they're giving awards away to, you know, uh, the best film and the best picture and the best actor and, and whatever, but the ceremony, the whole shebang. If you could sum up your entire feelings about it, what would they be? Um, I, every time I think of the Oscars, it's sort of like a barometer for which person I was dating. You know what I mean? Okay, that's an allegory that I'm going to need to explain. The year crash one, the controversial year. You're dating a black girl? Yeah. Oh. The year. <laughs> no, I don't know. I... I, I don't know. I just think of the Oscars or something I have to sit through if I'm in a relationship. Okay. And then if I'm not in a relationship, I don't watch them. Right. And I would say this year, I didn't watch them, but we did. I played video games and Taz was next to me with the iPad. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say iPad? Mm-hmm. I meant knock off Amazon Fire. Oh, cool. 
tablet. And, it works just as well. Yeah, and <laughs> a little bit more buggier, you know, to keep keep you on your toes. Uh, and she was watching it, and uh, it's it's very boring every year. What do you think about the yeah. Oscars? Uh, well, here's the thing. When I was a kid, it was like a dream of mine to eventually like win an Oscar for like like writing or directing or something. Um, really just to do it, I guess. Uh, be a part of that whole thing. Be a part of the Hollywood elite. Be respected by, you know, uh, by Tinseltown. Uh, and as I've grown older, everything about it turns me off. And I feel like I, I'm at the point now that not that anybody's fucking asking me and probably never will, but the idea of like going to the Oscars, I I don't think I would ever do it. Even if I, even if I made this generation's version of the godfather like a, a, an all-time classic regarded as like the best movie of all time if you made entourage the movie if i made yeah, entourage part two um and I, it was nominated for everything i i really think i would woody allen it i don't think i would go you would molest your daughter i guess maybe i could have phrased that better I think I would like because <laughs> that's what I think the Woody well, Allen. In it. Here's the thing, dude. Like I used to think as a kid, like that it was super cool, and um, like I remember some you know, the year that Marlon Brando won for The Godfather, and then he didn't go. He said he just sent a Native American. He sent Sachin Littlefeather <laughs> to say a political statement in his place. I remember thinking, like seeing that as like a young, as like a younger person, thinking like, man, why wouldn't he want to go to the Oscars? Like whatever, because it's all bullshit. It's total you recognize bullshit. Recognize it's complete bullshit. Yeah, and it is hilarious that he sent some woman to who's a Native American to go on stage and talk about like the plight of the Native Americans yeah. being exploited in the mo- movie industry yeah. at that time in the seventies. And they booed her. <laughs> they Imagine all that. booed her. <laughs> the yeah. whole room was just that like, happened, "Fuck you!" If that happened today, and she wasn't giving a full three-minute ovation, oh my god, there would be riots on Twitter. Uh, I, I think schools would shut down tomorrow, yeah. dude. And like at, in that moment, in the particular, right? Like Brando is. I don't know if he's doing it intentionally. He is like notorious for being just like a troll. Yes. You know, like on sets and stuff like that. Just and then like physically later on in life. Yeah. <laughs> but making things so difficult for people on yeah. purpose to just for a laugh. Yeah. That I don't know that he did that for a laugh, but it still was. It's hilarious that he did that. Uh, and, and it's such a great way to say fuck you to this stupid thing that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, there was a great uh, photo that went around. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's of Catherine Hepburn. She's wearing pretty much. Simple clothes. She's wearing like what appear to be overalls and a blouse underneath it. She has a bandana on her head. And apparently, the only year she attended the Oscars, she came directly from her house gardening. And then they had to spray paint her pants because she had like dirt stains from gardening. Yeah. Because she just did not give a fuck. And yeah. just knew that this whole thing is complete bullshit. It's like going to work. If you could do it in sweatpants, you'd do it. Yeah. You know? It's like going to a conference. Like, yeah, if right. you could show up in shorts and get away with it yeah. because you're the most powerful person there. Or if you could send a Native American to your conference yeah. call. If you could do- <laughs> <laughs> you send a Native American to your conference call, that'd be the best. <laughs> Listen, I'll pay you. I'm not going to this conference. Yeah, get up there. Des Moines, Iowa. You want. you want to talk about the plight of the Native Americans? It's fine with me. I don't care. I don't want to go. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I respect that. So at this point, we're just bitter old men, and I think we'd go to an Oscars maybe once, and then after that, we'd be like, I don't see the point. It's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but well, but if this- we're ever nominated for a podcast award, I will definitely go. So please nominate us. Give us five-star reviews. Uh, yeah. We are... Full of shit. <laughs> we are full of shit. Yeah. Well, all right. So, like, let's let's start here. This was the first uh, Oscars that I can remember that didn't have a host. Do you yes. think it works without a host, or is it more boring to watch? Is it wor- when they had Franco and and um, and Anna Hathaway yes. as the host? It was a train wreck, but yeah. it was still something to watch. Whereas now you're literally <laughs> just watching a bunch these of these people get awards. Jokes. Uh, from what I saw. I saw the majority of it. I, from what I saw, I would say the jokes were fine. There were actually some well-written jokes. And then I I think it proved you don't really need a host. Okay. I, I think it proved like like the jig is up. You know what I mean? You could have one less comic on a show. Mm-hmm. Like at, at the Comedy Cellar. Just bring comics up. Come to the stage. Mike Coscarelli. Yeah, yeah. There doesn't need to be a guy doing... Like I... I think obviously there does. Yeah. Because you need to get them loose. But I don't know. I could see people fucking around with this and just being like, we don't need another fucking guy here. We can outsource this. Let the actors talk. Yeah, right, right. Let the real talent They don't get need up to there. be paid either. They don't need a, we're a funny. salary. Yeah, we're yeah. funny. Right? Sean Penn, we're funny. Five of us get in a room with Sean Penn. We'll come up with a joke. Come on. <laughs> Have you ever seen Mystic River? That guy can act anything. Comedy. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. <laughs> you know he's a hero? He stopped Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, yeah. He's, he stopped Katrina. <laughs> he, he captured El Chapo somehow. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that's... Uh, it sucks, but... We have uh, an outline here, Michael. Yeah, I know. And we've been skipping it. And the first thing that we missed when talking about the Oscars... Oh, yes. ...is the outfit. Uh, yes, Michael, our, our new you, producer. <laughs> what did you think of the outfits at the Oscars? I can't tell you one. Okay. I can't think of any... Let's look. Can I look on my phone real quick? I can and tell see? you one I remembered. What's one you remembered? Uh, I remembered uh, the um, Robert Downey jr was there okay and he was wearing a shirt and pants and a jacket it was very nice mm-hmm. and then i remember you uh, didn't do much to describe jessica chastain was there and she had on a dress and her hair was a certain way and she was smiling yeah and then i remember oh i do actually you know what uh joking aside i do remember spike lee was dressed like the the comic book Joker from the 1990s. Yeah, a little he, had, bit. he had a purple suit on. Yeah, 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 with gold Jordans on. Yeah, that had like his films on the. That's so <laughs> hilarious that he <laughs> wore. <laughs> he is insane. And Spike, I, I love him. I love that man. Getting this to we can get into Spike in a second, but um, uh, I guess we'll circle back to Spike. The the one that I'm looking at here is this woman. Um. Laura Harrier. Do you know who that is? T- Taz. Who is Laura oh, Harrier? Yeah, yeah. She was in Spider-Man. Is that who it is? That's the girl from Spider-Man? It's the first girl. Not the one. Not Zendaya. Yeah, I know Zendaya. Zendaya is the I, one. I'd be knowing Zendaya. But Laura Harrier is the first one. Laura Harrier looks like a real fucking woman there. And in Spider-Man Laura, Homecoming, yeah. Laura Harrier is wearing like a, uh, a see-through chain link dress. I think that's pretty hot. <laughs> right? Let me see. Back me up on this. 
Oh wow. Um, this dress actually, purely a visual bit, and it's oh not going to work. But go look up Laura Harrier's dress, listeners, because she looks one. fantastic. Yeah, she she's pretty attractive. Guys, you won't believe this. Uh, attractive people getting dressed up. They look good. They look good. You heard it here first. Even when they wear stupid bullshit. Like what are what are we we're both wearing we're matching we're wearing matching Patagonia uh, <laughs> yeah, we, pullovers. We both have with oatmeal black sweatpants. <laughs> we both have oatmeal color <laughs> colored uh Patagonia pullovers and then we have track pants on. So we both we look, you know We both look like not great. We look like we're we've given up. Yep. yep. I wear the Patagonia because I can fit into it. <laughs> I wear the Patagonia because it's expensive and it pisses off my girlfriend. <laughs> She hates when I spend money. All right, what's next on our outline? Uh, next on our outline is we're talking about Green Book, the winner of the best picture. Yes, Green Book. 2018. A lot of people thought it was going to be Roma, which was uh, a straight-to-Netflix uh, movie by Alfonso Cuaron, by Alfonso Cuaron who, ran, who won the Best Director Award. Yes, he did. Um, the movie you directed was so good. Here's the Best Director but it's not the best picture. Not the best picture. <laughs> Which does not make sense in a way. I didn't see Roma. Uh, I, I think if you win best picture, you, or if you win best director, you have to win best picture. It's kind of the point, isn't it? Yeah, your they're film all, is so they're good. They're basically like, they're not, they shouldn't really be separate awards. Yeah. I don't think. Because who directed Green Book? Uh, one of the Farrelly brothers. So here's the thing. Green From, Book. There's something about Mary, yeah. Dumb and Dumber, and Peter course, Farrelly, right? Shallow Hell. Yes, Shallow Hell. American movie classic, Shallow Hell. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? I got it. So Green Book wins Best Picture. Uh-huh. And there was controversy surrounding it, um, mainly because the idea of the movie is the very classic, like, magical black man. Magical black like, man and a white dumb savior. white ape. Yeah, like, and, and then w- there's a white savior aspect of there are times where... There's trouble, and Viggo Mortensen is the savior. And so and there's. Goes, hey, let's eat some fucking pizza. Yeah. I'm an Italian guy. You can't be here. Y'all two can't be here, and especially him. <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to mean, huh? I'll break your fucking arms for saying some shit like that. Okay, Tony, you bring up a great point. You can sit here, black person, and that's the sh- and that's, that's the movie. The movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's the movie. <laughs> so I can see why there's some some aspects of it that are uh, problematic. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I love Marshall Ali. I think that he is like. Uh, an awesome actor. I loved the True Detective that he just did. I loved him in Moonlight. Yeah, he's he's he was he's in into the Spider Verse. Was he? Yes, he was the uh, uncle of the main character of Miles awesome. Morales. He uh, he really is like right now one of my favorite actors. Like without and honestly, I think most of my favorite actors at the moment are are black guys. Between him, Michael B. Jordan, and uh, John David Washington, those are like my my top three guys right now that I just am excited to watch do stuff. I'm throwing in uh, Brian Tyree from uh, Atlanta, Paperboy. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Go on, go on. So I, I think that, like, the weird thing about this is that it's, like, a good win for um, the black community. I mean, you, you did it, – it's weird because it's, like, a movie that does make, like, old white people feel good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, Marshall Ali is the, the lead of this. Uh, I didn't see the movie, but I'm assuming he's done a great job in it. Um, he won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, right. He did win the Oscar he for that. Stage screen. He split stage time with somebody. Screen time. 
and was best supporting actor. Now, isn't that weird? I guess so. Yeah, that's fair. Because he's black. So then Vigo is the star of that movie? I mean, Vigo wasn't nominated for anything, but... Or is it that the field was just too strong for for lead actor and they were just like, you got a better shot at winning the Oscar if we supporting. make you a supporting actor yeah. and it'd be better press for the movie if you fucking won an Oscar and it'd be better for your career because your next ask for a movie is going to go way the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, he's a... T- He's he's one of only two black black dudes to win best actor. Yeah. Do you know who the other one is? Supporting or regular or actor? Just a black guy with two Oscars for acting. Can you name the second one? Sidney Poitier. Wrong. No. Is it Denzel? Wrong. Uh, I figured I there's two Denzel was too obvious. You ready? No, I so want It's going to I'll give you one more guess and uh, I'll tell you. One more guess, one more guess. Uh is it a male? It is a male, right? Yes. Um, no, it's, is it Samuel L. Jackson? No, it can't be, right? Wrong. The answer? Sinbad. No, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Blank check. Nominated one. Sinbad won for writing. He co-wrote. You ready for this? Wait, are you serious? He co-wrote Pulp Fiction. No, you idiot. Oh, my God. I, I literally <laughs> almost believed that. <laughs> oh that would have been insane. You know, Sinbad's never bombed. That I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that he's never bombed, <laughs> according to him. Um, no, the, it, it's Denzel. It's it Denzel. is Denzel. Okay. I, th- I thought Denzel might have been too obvious. For glory and then and for training, training day. day. Okay, got it. Um, but um, uh, Rami Malik won for Bohemian Rhapsody. One of the worst movies Horrible. I've ever seen. That, dude, I had wa- I watched it the week this weekend before the Oscars. He was I you this you argued when we were texting about this that he wasn't good. I thought he was great as Freddie Mercury. I thought the movie around him was one of the worst I've seen in a long time. Really, truly, very bad. I thought the fact people will use the expression it's a Wikipedia movie where they no, just Wikipedia did like is fascinating. My queen, <laughs> it's well written and well researched and accurate. <laughs> and accurate, yeah. This movie is like, um, imagine you spoke to the dumbest person at your job, yeah, and asked them to sum up Queen based off yes, their memory. You're right. Yes, based off their memory, they'd be like, "Well, he, I think it was married for a while, <laughs> and then like a week before he died, he was like, I think I'm gay." And then he, he used the bathroom and he got AIDS somehow. It's crazy, man. Like it it truly, really is. It's, it, there's no real storyline. Like, that's the craziest thing about this. Like, they start with, like, and then Queen will play Live Aid. We're here live in jolly old England. And Queen will play Live Aid. And then the movie starts, like, with them back in the 70s. But then... From there, it doesn't... Re- it's just, like, a bunch of, like... It's Queen porn. It's, like, a bunch of, like... Just here's a, here's twenty minutes of Queen playing Wembley Stadium, which made no sense. You can just watch them play Wembley Stadium. There's video of that everywhere. It's better. It's better. It's actually Queen playing Wembley Queen Stadium. Live Aid YouTube is better than the actual movie by a thousand percent. It's more yeah. compelling. Uh, my biggest issue with the movie is that they had all these magical moments. Yeah, the magical moments were fucking too much to overcome. Like someone would be walking by, like, uh, oh man. That was one hell of a show. Yeah. That was a killer queen show. Yeah. And then he'd be like, I got it. <laughs> What'd you Boys, say? I got our next song. <laughs> yeah. And then at one point, Freddie Mercury apparently just walks in and goes, 
We need something that people can clap no, to. No, it's Brian May. Oh, it's Brian. Brian, okay. Brian May is like, I want to give the song, the audience, a song that they can play along with us. It'll be fun. And, and then he, he starts the fully, doing the. We will. He, goes, he has it ready. He has the song and fully like, formed. Brian, what are you up to? <laughs> you, are you having a go? You, you old bugger! You having a laugh? <laughs> Just it's so stupid. Uh, the very first time Freddie Mercury performs at the band, the very first time, yeah, he can't get the mic out of the mic stand. Yeah, so he takes off the top part of the mic stand. Yeah, which was like his like his one of his trademark thing. things. Yeah, he yeah. literally did it the first time ever, and that's. Something I'm supposed to just take on uh, on face value. It's truly if you know any if you were like even a remotely like I wouldn't say I'm like a huge Queen fan. I think that they're really good, but I think that like Arena Rock on its they're the best Arena Rock band. But I kind of hate Arena Rock. I sure. think it's like stupid. Yeah, but um, I do think they're like great, but also overhyped because people just like see it on T-shirts and like don't really know any better sure once you get in rotation on like a classic rock station people are just sort of like well queen dude they fucking rule whatever they're great but um i listened to their music enough and i know enough about them that i knew that the movie was like wrong about so much shit that the, so- the songs they're playing the movie yeah their songs they're playing in like the first time they perform with are freddie on their mercury. third album yeah with freddie mercury yeah and they had enough good songs off the first album where they could have just stuck to the truth. A hundred percent. It's super- they were like kind of like a punk band when they st- not like a um not like full on punk, but they were like part they were of a rock the- band. They were like yeah. a true rock band. They were like this the experimental that, yeah, right, right. band that did arena rock. We need rock. to get in the studio and experiment, baby. Oh, oh can powers. we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a character in the movie uh, played by Mike Myers, yes. who's a fictional character. Every other character in the movie is an actual person who lived and yeah. interacted with the band. The lawyers, the managers, they're all real. Yeah, yeah. They go by their real names, except for Mike Myers, record producer. And his the sole purpose is for Mike Myers to be in heavy makeup, doing a British accent, and for him to say to the band, as they're pitching Bohemian Rhapsody, he goes, no, no teenagers are going to bopping around in a car, banging their heads to... Bohemian Rhapsody. Which is just a big fuck you. It's just a big nod to Wayne's World. It's a wink to Wayne's World because Mike Myers, you see, was in Wayne's World. And they did that bit. To Bohemian Rhapsody. That's right. So uh, that's really annoying. So a best picture literally has a person turning to camera, winking, turning back. Yeah, yeah. And really, truly terrible. And it was nominated for an Oscar. Best Picture. It yeah. was nominated for Best Picture. And this is, again, just all going back to the fact that this is all bullshit. And it really is. <laughs> the thing that's become disgusting about the Oscars, and I don't know if I'm just old enough and semi-adjacent enough to the industry to understand now that it's all about politicking and positioning Yes. for all of these actors and yes. directors and to just... You know, basically, you win an Oscar, you'll work whenever you want. Usually, for a while, for, yeah. a, for a long while, I, you'll probably get like a five, a five year. Like you can do whatever you want, like Adrian Brody, and then yeah. just like Adrian Brody, that ten year mark. If you haven't done anything, right, you're gonna be a little scarce, and looks like you're on TV now. But you can assume that you're gonna be increasing your um your asking amount. Your asking price right off the Oscar is right. high. Now you're Oscar winner, Adrian Brody. It's so like a stand-up you comic. You want to win. Yeah, it's like a stand-up <laughs> comic stupid. after he's done Colbert. He's going to be a little hot for a week. Right. 
And after that, he stole a dog walker right. slash mover. Exactly. So the thing is, I, I feel like now it's become more obvious that they are just like... People are making movies specifically to win Oscars, yep. then going on promotional tours, trying to generate enough buzz to make their movie Oscar worthy. Yes. And I feel like the leading example of that this year, I mean, outside of Bohemian Rhapsody, which was a full on, let's see if we can win an Oscar, boys, um, was A Star Is Born. We did a whole episode of this on A Star Is Born when it came out in the summertime, but there seems to be this like major push even from the start that like the movie was going to win an Oscar and like it was going to sweep the Oscars best picture Gaga was going to win Bradley Cooper was going to win for acting and directing and whatever and it was going to win 12 Oscars um movie was not that good yeah it's better than fucking Bohemian Rhapsody do you think it was yes yeah maybe it was the first 40 minutes were actually kind of fun and then the last 40 minutes, which I know you liked because it ended in suicide. Yeah. Uh, well, it feels close to home. <laughs> yeah, but in this scenario, he's successful and he kills himself. Not Right. He's unsuccessful and he, he kills himself. He doesn't live in Astoria? He, he, he has a noose of mice that he kills himself <laughs> with. That's not how the, the movie ended. Uh, uh, so go on. Stars Born. Well, there there is been, part of the promotional push has been that Gaga and Bradley Cooper have been singing The Shallow everywhere. Yes. Every award show. Uh, done it a couple times. They've done it uh, in concert a few months ago. It, uh, that was on Twitter. Uh, Bradley Cooper really didn't do it in the same voice he did the movie in. He did yeah. it in his Bradley Cooper voice, not yeah. in his uh, Jackson, Jackson yeah. main voice. Uh, I just want to look at you six more times before I kill myself. Uh, I got a sling blade. My uh, name is Billy Bob Thornton and the movie Sling Blade, Tater Tots. Oh, yeah, Doctor. Sometimes it does hurt when I shit. Yes. I think I should be on Prilosec. <laughs> Side effects of Prilosec. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, he, they've done it a few times. They uh, There was a funny meme going on about a Lady Gaga saying, like, even in a room full of 99 people who don't believe in you, one person who does is Bradley Cooper. He is that person. She said it 50 times in different interviews. So, there's this ongoing, like, oh, maybe they're fucking... That'd be fun. It'd be like the movie. Yeah, people start talking. People love it when movie people fuck. Yeah, even if it tears apart marriages. Two families. Two families. Well, Lady Gaga now Perfect is, example. is single. Perfect example. Uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Just people were like, ooh, scandalous. Meanwhile, these are people living their lives with and the, marriages are being torn apart. With like five kids in yeah. between them and stuff and everyone's like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. Isn't that Wouldn't funny? Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. What's wrong with Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> Why can't she be as cool as Angelina Jolie? Imagine being so cool. You're Jennifer Aniston. You're a multimillionaire because of friends. And you're, you're a icon. You're an icon. You're yeah. beautiful. Your haircut is literally a Hall of Fame haircut. The Rachel. The Rachel. Yeah. And you're thinking, man, I got this hot guy. I'm on top of the world. Except. I'm Jennifer Aniston. Except. The one the one girl he's interested in is cooler Some than you. Somehow. Dirty snatch. She's somehow cooler, more attractive, uh, dare I say, uh, more talented perhaps in a way. In terms of acting, I would uh, say maybe. perhaps maybe uh, Jennifer Aniston's comedically a better actress. Yeah, uh, Angelina Jolie's done more serious stuff. She's directed a movie or two. Yeah, so it's sort of like uh, do, you, do you know the story about uh, George Harrison 
and Patty Boyd. Uh, and Patty Boyd. Yeah, yeah. And Eric Clapton. Oh, it's my favorite How thing. Eric Clapton started fucking Patty Boyd, and yes. then eventually Eric Clapton was just like, "Mate, I think I love your wife." Yeah. And George Harrison was like, "Well, yes, I guess you two are together now." Yes, but the the best part about it is you think like, "Wow, I, I love this woman," and then it's like. Yeah, but she's in love with a beetle, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> there's right. somebody better than you, or and vice you're versa. Never, you're never you're gonna win. You're a beetle, and she's in love with fucking some guy who's she, cool, but not no, a no, beetle. No, no. They weren't officially married. She ended up with George Harrison. That was the end. That was the end of that story. Is the beetle one? No. Yes. She, George Harrison, ended his life married to uh, another woman. No, he's married to cancer, if you recall. No, he wasn't. But he, <laughs> his, he had his, his Donnie, his son. They had he had. I think it was Victoria Harrison. I think that's her name. Okay, that's who he like spent most of his life with. But it's just the idea of like, wow, you think you're pretty good. You've worked so hard to be at the top of the mountain, right? And then there's there's yeah. like one other person, and they're just like a little bit further up the mountain, right? It's so fucking funny to me. Well, what's your take on this? The, the idea Gaga came out today and said something just absurd. And was just like, good, I'm glad that you guys think that we're fucking because we're artists and we're supposed to make you believe that we feel that way about one another. Oh, God. And Bradley Cooper's off on the sideline going, my fucking wife is going to divorce me. <laughs> She's right there. <laughs> Say that Please. we're not together. <laughs> I beg of you, stop bringing this up. <laughs> uh, I I feel bad a little bit for them because the whole point of the movie is... is is they did have good chemistry. They're supposed to be two people yeah, yeah. who want to fuck each other. And that's right. what they are in the movie. Right. And then when they do the song, they look like two people who'd like each other. Right. Which isn't wrong. I, I'm sure they do like each other personally. Most actors, most comedians get along with other comedians. Most actors get along with other actors. There's right. very few beefs. It's like a, it's like the NBA All-Star game. People are hugging each other, high-fiving each other. They're just right. happy to be around people who know their bullshit. You're recognizing a certain level of esteem. We know this life. Yeah. Right. We right. know this life and I'm happy just to see another person who gets fucking photos secretly taken of them at Starbucks. You know, I'm just happy to see you next to me. You know what I mean? That's why they love going to these awards events because it's just reinforcement of their lifestyle and other people that you sort of see, you know? It's the same reason like I like seeing comics better than regular people. Right. Yeah, I guess there's a there's a hominess to it. Yeah. But you don't think they're fucking? Uh, no, I, I don't think they're fucking. I, I think I think they're definitely fucking. You think they're definitely fucking? Yeah. I think that if there's one thing that we've learned from Jesse Smollett and all these actors, <laughs> these fucking actors, uh huh, they will do whatever is in their best interest in the moment. Yeah, because they are self-serving. They're narcissistic. Um. They have no loyalty to anybody, especially like uh, a wife. That's why everybody in Hollywood is always getting divorced. None of these marriages ever last because it's just all about them. They're vapid people. Man. That's how I feel. And I think that Bradley Cooper was probably like, I could fuck Lady Gaga. His a wife giant is, celebrity. His wife is more attractive than Lady Gaga, but... Lady Gaga is the more powerful person and the more it's a better story. It's a better story. It's more interesting for everyone. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe you're you're swaying me here. This is a good. A I, just, I just think that it's like I think that all of these people are doing this because they get off on the fact that people are like into them talking about the fact that they're like fucking each other. And like there's a storyline that we're talking about it. 
we're doing this podcast and talking about whether or not Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are fucking. And that perpetuates their relevancy past. Like, their movie didn't win the the Oscar. It won they Best Original Song, but that wasn't really an award for Bradley Cooper. It was for Mark right. Ronson and uh, Lady Gaga and some other guy. But the point is that, like... Like a white guy. The, <laughs> the fact that we're talking about this storyline sort of like perpetuates the uh, like the narrative and the legend of their movie. Yeah. So now there's like another storyline around their movie that's like, were those two fucking? Yeah. Like were they? And the fact that like that exists, I think, is like is a bit of an ego trip for them. Yeah, you I know? think the next movie they do will have a big opening. They ever do a movie again together? Yeah, I think they should take some time off from doing a movie with each other. Yeah, and then when they do, they're gonna make money. Totally, dude. And I think they Cooper should do and Gaga reunited. A star is still around. Yeah, and it's just like it's a, a zombie, zombie movie. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a zombie. He has like rope marks around his neck, and he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm back." <laughs> hey, what's the matter, baby? You Give don't me need a to kiss. Dance. You don't need to dance. You need to be closer to the audience. I came back. I just wanted to take one more look at you. <laughs> ah! This summer, Gaga Cooper in A Star is Back Again. <laughs> My boyfriend's back and he's better than ever. Brains! <laughs> I am back. <laughs> it ends with him killing himself again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Suicide is not a joke unless it's, it's a, part of this it's zombie such a movie. bad relationship. He kills himself twice. <laughs> <laughs> the first ever, first ever zombie suicide. You know Hilarious. what? Not worth it. <laughs> I was wrong. Why did you do pop music? Ooh, <laughs> take off the head. <laughs> All right, we got a couple quick minutes here. Why don't we do? Uh, we both have one show. We want to recap real sure. quick. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, according to the producer. Oh, the outline. It's, it's my uh, turn. NJ Housewife. New Jersey Housewives. They are at the reunion stage of their uh, of their season. Uh, there's one piece left. We've seen two parts of the reunion so far. It's been very spicy. Uh, it's basically everybody versus uh, Teresa, um, and it really does highlight what who the star of the show is. Because I kind of don't care about watching any of them without Teresa on there. Mm-hmm. Teresa, who is a little you know, Italian, very Italian, not a little. She's not super bright, um, but she's Jack. I know she's Italian, right? <laughs> I heard you the first time, um, but she really is like the star of the show. Yeah. She and is. the thing that I love about the housewives and even if I, I didn't, I was like sort of in and out on the season, the reunions. I don't know if it's like Andy doing a good job of like stirring the pot or, or the fact that these people are just so ridiculous, so much more ridiculous than the rest of like the cast that we see in a way that's very like familiar to me. They just nail Jersey. Like what the, aspects? I did not see the reunion. The uh, women are just all so hypersensitive in a way that's like it's it's like a notch above the rest of these shows. Yeah, like you watch like you watch like the Southern Charm reunion, and like the men are there and everything, and they'll bring stuff up, and and there isn't really like like there's like some rationality to like a lot sure. of like the stuff that goes on. Yeah, 
Whereas like the the Jersey show, they just start they're immediately screaming at each other. And like, like Teresa will say something to Melissa and she'll be like, Oh, I'm a bad sister-in-law. Oh yeah. I'm, oh yeah. I'm a bad sister-in-law. And then they'll like finish the conversation. Someone will say something else. And then Melissa, like five minutes later, will chime back in and go, I don't know. I'm just a bad sister-in-law. Just it's holding on to holding things. on to stuff and just being so passive aggressive. And they're doing that like, on a level that I've really only seen in my house, like growing <laughs> up <laughs> with my mother and her sisters. And, you know, that's just sort of like how Italian women from the Northeast, like interact. And they're not all Italians, I know, but it, like you just, I feel like your brain sort of just is like around you. It, if you're Turkish you or Irish, if you're yeah. from Jersey, you're like, you're Italian. When in Rome, you talk like an Italian person. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you do as the Romans do. And you say, Avafangul. Yeah. I put a hex on you. I put a hex on you. Uh, not really much else to add there. Just more of a quick break in and recap uh, as we get towards the end of the show here. But you wanted to talk about the only show that you watch at this point, <laughs> The Bachelor. The Bachelor is incredibly boring. Uh, no, The Bachelor is, uh, I'm kind of into it. Uh, basically, what's happened this week is uh, Colton had hometown visits. He went home. He uh, saw some people. Um, I got to say, it was uh, kind of interesting to me because um, Colton is very, very boring. I, like, I, I, He's I, the worst. Like, Tell me your thoughts on Colton for a second. Um, well, one of the fun things that we thought we were going to try to do was think about boring Colton and if he was dating a girl from New Jersey going home to a scenario similar to the uh, the, re- the reunion shows for the Real Housewives of New Jersey, what would Colton do, as boring as he is, thrust into an environment with six Italian women grabbing his face, touching his arms? Hey, you, uh, you're handsome. Are you Italian? You're not Italian? No. You're not Northern? You're nor- Northern Northern Italian? Not Northern? Okay. Sicily? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I he's very uncomfortable with women having conflict. Uh, so most bachelor and bachelorettes, uh, like the, the main person in the show, are very uncomfortable with any conflict in general, and they usually get rid of those people, which is the smart thing to do. That's what I would do. But I, on this season, when women have fought and sort of involved him and sort of like confronted him and been like, well, you know, she's saying this about me. Is that true? He's either completely freaked out or he's been teary-eyed and, and weeping. Uh, so yeah. I think he, there would be some man tears for my friend Colton. I, I think he would not be able to handle it. And he may react like a swellu from 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> right. And start hitting himself on stage. <laughs> Just can't get his emotions out. He can't. He can't get it out. He's been a bad bachelor. He's not been great. He, I think he's a genuine person who's very nice, but he's done some dumb things, right? So um, let's just go through real quick. He visits Hannah G in Alabama. Uh, nothing too exciting there. A couple of tough questions. Then Hannah G says, I like him. And then everything sort of falls into place. He, he, he visits Kalen in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, and uh, the most exciting thing that they do there is they go on a horse-drawn carriage. That's the best thing to do there. That's truly the only thing to do there. It's definitely a Civil War city. They don't really want to get anywhere near that, so they just go, how about an old-timey horse carriage when things were better? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're implying with that. 
you know, they're when just they saying, knew their place. Yes. And horses were horses. <laughs> and you're like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, so there's that. Uh, what else? Uh, Colton does this weird thing where he goes to each dad and was like, I would just like your blessing that if your daughter were to win, that I could have her hand in marriage. And each father, with the was exception like, of you're one. gay, dude. <laughs> no, no, each father was like, uh, at one point, I think, uh, <laughs> whose dad was it? Uh, somebody's dad <laughs> literally goes, I don't know, man. You're a guy. I don't, I, like, I don't know you. You know what I mean? It's right. Been, it's literally been five weeks since right. the, they last saw their daughters, and their daughters are showing up five weeks later with a stranger yeah. going, hey. Get married. Hey. Maybe. <laughs> can I ask for your potential hand? There's a one in four chance your daughter's going <laughs> to get yeah. married. Um so it's it's pretty dumb. Then he goes uh, to see uh, Tasha and her family, the best family of the night. Yeah, hands down. the The mom is Mexican. The dad is black. The she has two. She has maybe an older brother or like a, I think two younger brothers. They're both very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the younger the middle brother is in a federal law enforcement, which could mean like you know Capitol Police could be anything like that. But he's in federal law enforcement, and then the younger brother is like nine years old and very, very, very cute. Mm-hmm. Just like a cute, perfect little family, and her dad's very reasonable t- t- and asking questions, and is like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's just whatever. Uh, I'm trying to... Hold on. I'm going through all this right now in my head. Uh, I don't know, Mike. If you were to get married to Alexis, would you ask for her hand? In marriage, would I, would I ask her dad? Yeah, yeah, of course. In English or Spanish? I think it'd be more meaningful and funnier in Spanish. I'd ha- I, I'd probably be able to do it in sign language before I could do it in Spanish. <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, do it, Spanish boy. Mi novia, yo quiero eso mano. Gracias. My girlfriend, I, I want that I, hand. I don't know if that's true. My girlfriend, true. I want that hand. Thank <laughs> you. That's what I just said. Taz, do you know how to say it in Spanish? I want your daughter's hand in marriage. That's what I what thought. El- what else do you got? <laughs> yeah, she's laughing at me. Right now, my girlfriend's laughing at me and putting her head down in shame, and then she can't do it herself. And she's Hispanic. Hija. Yo quiero la mano de tu hija. I want the hand of your daughter. <laughs> but it could be interpreted as, I want to chop off her fucking <laughs> hand. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so the let's finish the batch really quick because the, the main thing is Cassie, who's always been, I think, a top three person in the, in the show to me right. in terms of I thought she was going to win, is uh, he goes there to, to visit her. They, they hang out on a beach in California. He he does the classic. Uh, I think I'm falling in love with you, right? The yeah, which yeah. is the stage right before I'm in love with you, mm-hmm. and he says it to every other woman who's left on the show. He says, "I think I'm falling in love with you." They go, "I think I'm falling in love with you," and they confirm it, and they tell their parents, and everyone's happy. With Cassie, 23 year old Cassie, he tells this to her, and she goes, "I don't know." She literally spends like 10 seconds thinking and then says, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't know. I just don't know yet. Yeah. 
And that is the clue where you should be like, oh, it's time to send her home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today's the day. I have to get rid of one person. But old Colton, he likes to challenge. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. And I think you have a theory on why he likes to challenge. He's sending people who... Which theory? Well, it's, the theory you've been, it's, it's the theory you've been pushing all season. Oh, that he's a homosexual? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. So that's one of them. So he sabotages himself and doesn't send the woman who says, I don't know if I love you. He sends home Kaylin, a girl that he says, I think I'm falling for you. And she says, I think I'm falling for you. He sends her home mm-hmm. and keeps Cassie, who has several red flags. If you recall last week in the episode, uh, Cassie was one of the, the people that Kerpa and a couple other girls have accused of saying, I'm on here because I can't wait to be on The Bachelor, the, the Bachelorette next season. I'll tell you what, though. There is nothing less gay than hearing from a woman, I don't know if I'm into you, and thinking, I got a flipper. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing straighter than me. Like, I'm, I'm going to flip this house. I'll show you. It's worth nothing. It's going to be worth a million dollars. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to regret even hesitating. Oh, so maybe he is straight. He's not, but go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, so he keeps her around, which is super bizarre and super self-sabotaging. Uh, I don't truly get it. I What's going to happen is he is, this is just a spoiler, and I, I don't know that it's going to happen. Well, this is just like a, I said it two weeks ago when we had Sarah, right. uh, Sarah Levine. My theory is he chooses somebody. That person rejects him yeah I think that's he happen. freaks the fuck out yeah. and leaves the show very briefly for like yeah. a night or something and that's the famous fence hopping jump. the fence yeah yeah uh and now it has to be cassie he's so dumb that someone who's given him red flags left and right rejects him and then he gets the fuck out of there because he's so he's so insulted by this yes uh, which is very very funny uh i was reading a vulture recap of the show and the person who wrote it had a really good quote from a Oprah magazine. Ooh, the O. The O. It was about relationships, and it said, we choose people who are not worthy because we don't want a permanent witness to our flaws. We choose people who are not worthy of us because we don't want a permanent witness to our flaws. So you choose someone who is not good enough for you that you know it's going to end shitty because you don't want someone permanently to be there who's actually going to be consistent for you and be like, wow, why are you eating that much, Mike? <laughs> wow. You've done you nothing to today. That, huh? Well, you know, I'm just thinking about things I've seen in my life, in my life in front of me, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, and sort of she, the, the person who writes this, uh, Ali Barthwell makes a really good point of like, maybe that's what Colton's doing. He's self sabotaging himself because he's not ready and he doesn't want to witness to all his flaws in life. I suppose it's possible. And what uh, else do you think is possible? I think it's possible that I will not be watching the little, any of the rest of the season of the show. <laughs> it, it sucked. It's been boring. Um, I don't care about any of the people on the show. All right. They I did a I, bad I, job of making me care. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Like, I wish I could. I, li- I like The Bachelor as a concept, but this season was a fucking snooze fest. I have one little thing we can do. Um, so on Hometown Visits... Mm. The bachelor or bachelorette goes to the, the contestant's hometown and visits things that they want them to see. Like Tasha brought Colton and they went skydiving and they did a couple of things in the town. Very cool. Uh, yeah, very cool. Cassie Randolph brought Colton. They went to the beach. They did some other stuff. They went to their house. If you were to bring a girl, the bachelorette, to your hometown, 
what would you do? Now, hometown can be New York City or it can be New Jersey. No, I'd be New York. It'd be New York? Yeah, of course. What, am I going to fucking bring her to Jersey and do what? <laughs> okay. Welcome to my house. Uh, take an iPad. Go to a separate room. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in here. <laughs> and then if you want something, text me, and then we'll order food together. Go go ahead. Just uh, just dodge all the piles of, of newspapers that my parents have left around the house because they're hoarders. Yeah, yeah. What would I do? And if you need me, I'll be in the next room, okay? No, I mean, if I if it was like a girl, like I can't imagine. If it's a girl. It's not a guy. You're not gay in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> in this scenario, if it was a girl, <laughs> like in Colton's case, he's a mid Midwestern guy, right? I think is he from? Let's say the Bachelorette is um, Cassie Randolph. Where's she from? She's from Huntington Beach, California, or something like that. Okay, I mean, if you if you've only been to New York like a select handful of times, yes. you can still do all. What's the something that would shit. represent? My question to you is, what's something that would represent you in New York, in New York City? That you would bring a girl to, to to get her to experience New York and to get to know you better. That's the point of hometown visits. <sighs> Yikes. Just the think thir- of a really good you know, date, Mike. I know you fir- haven't been on one the in first fucking thing, a the decade. First, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is uh-huh. is like going to like Dangerfields. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're that was where the oldest fucking comedy club in New York City that's abandoned essentially. The wor- the first weekend Lex was here, I had a spot at Dangerfields. And wow, I remember, you were flying high. Yeah, we went to too close to the sun, my friend. I I was on. I did some fucking charity show, and uh-huh. um, she came with me, and that was like, I feel like at that time was something that was like cool yeah. for her, where yeah. it was like, oh, this guy is like performing for you know like an audience of I don't know. 40 people whatever yeah. but like still it's like new like, york city yeah new york city Manhattan. he's running around he's like he's like it it seemed like a cool thing and then little did she know that was your last show little did she know i'd <laughs> gain no, 28 pounds yeah no like 29 and, <laughs> and uh yeah not do stand-up as much as i had been doing it and Okay, so you'd bring a girl to Dangerfield and what else? I don't know. This is, a crazy, uh, this is a crazy time already. You're bringing her to like the worst club in New York City. Go on. Is there a food place you'd bring her? A bar. A really cool bar. A really cool food yeah, place. Yeah, food place. I'd go to uh, Frank in the East Village. That's like Italian food. Frankie's? Little Frankie's? No, no. Frank. It's Frank. like uh, it's a place on 2nd Avenue. If you're outside New York, this means nothing to you, but... It's like a, it's like a really, it's a cool like, it's like a newer, younger person Italian restaurant, but it's like really good. <laughs> like you go in there, they're playing like Biggie Smalls. Yeah, they have like matcha pasta. You know, they have like they, it's not, CBD oil. It's not quite and there. It's not quite there, panic. but it's like and the food's great. Uh-huh. That's probably one of my favorite restaurants in the city. Uh-huh. So I'd probably do that, and then where'd you end the date? Like a good bar. Uh. Man, I really put you on this. I've only hung out in shitholes, so I don't know. This is the thing. I would, do, I think, I honestly think that, like, if I was 25, maybe this is like an impressive date because it's like all the places that I hang out with, at are like horrible. But looking at this as a 30 year old man now, I just realized that I've just been hanging out in places that suck for like 10 years or however <laughs> long, <laughs> you know? Just places that are like dirty and disgusting and dive divey, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think that I would I guess I would take her to 
I don't know, some bar in the East Village or like Lower East Side, I'm sure. Some fucking dump. Wow, truly exciting stuff here. I don't I wouldn't <laughs> win her over. I would just be like, Yeah, this is New York. Take it or leave it. Wow. You know? And with that, she would say, Thank you for showing me such a lovely time. The limo waits you outside. Yeah, right. <laughs> you will not be getting a rose. Yeah. And I'd say, Ah Vafangul. Yeah. Uh, where would I bring her? You say uh, I would bring her <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, I would bring. I, I'd probably bring her to uh, a little local bar near me called Applebee's. Oh my god! I'd bring her there. Uh, two for one apps. Uh, we, we'd get there on happy hour. Get a big margarita, uh, <laughs> apple margarita, apple martini. Just live it up. Uh, something with Apple products. We'd go to the Apple store mm. and, you know, just get free Wi-Fi, charge our phones. I see where this bit is going. <laughs> and boy, I hate it. And I'd be like, hey, welcome to the Big Perfect Apple. time to end the podcast, everybody. My name is Mike Coscarelli. <laughs> you can Justin find me. Perez. Welcome at, to the Big Apple. I'm at Mike Coscarelli on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Justin? I'm at Justin Perez on Insta- on uh, <laughs> Twitter, and I'm at the Fart Box on Instagram. We thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already. Tell a friend. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening. We promise not to miss a week again unless we feel like it. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Peace.